That's some vibrato, dude. Oh, well, thank you. I, I've been working on it. Nice Not really. vibrato. <laughs> but hey, um, it is uh, just about our one-year anniversary of doing the Backlog Breakdown. Our podcast is in diapers still. Yeah. <laughs> and sorry, it gets in your ears sometimes. Uh, well, all the time. I don't Yuck. even know what I'm saying anymore. <laughs> But here we are, uh, one year later. Um, thank you guys for for sticking with us, or any you know, if you're new, thanks for for joining along as we attempt to break down the benefits of backloggery. I don't know what and, I'm saying. And, and hijinks. And, and hijinks. hijinks. And mm-hmm. shenanigans. <laughs> All of the above is done here, um, and we've been doing it for a year, and it's super fun. And I would say, I, I mean, I guess we didn't discuss this off air, but I would say there's no end in sight yet, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Have fun with it. I, I mean, you know, we have established uh, that we are good at being bad at brevity. Mm-hmm. And I think that we will, we, we still have, that we still have a, a plethora of things in the, the conversational reserves to draw from. It's true quite the plethora even even uh taking notes and and getting ideas for bite-sized episodes i've got a little list for those as well um Mm. which is pretty fun so yeah i think i think we're only getting worse at brevity (laughs) Um, (laughs) but that being said uh let's see how we do this time around because we really have uh this is something we did discuss maybe not tonight but previously as we were um deciding what we're going to be talking about tonight is that we have to stay on target because this could be quite the monster of an episode um guys and gals loggers friends we are going to be discussing since it's one year we figured we could indulge a little bit and let you into our personal lives. Um, not really, but our personal top 10 favorite games of all time. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited um, making this list. I was really surprised what actually came out. Um, but we will discuss all that later. For now, Nate, how you doing, dude? It's been a couple weeks. It has been. It has been. Um I'm okay. I mean, like, uh, last week was my first full week back into work. uh, Yeah. And uh, I decided that my vacation was too short. Um, (laughs) Should have taken a little more time. Uh, But, you know, just sort of back at it. We're we're starting to get some, like, decent weather. It did rain today, and uh, I was not a fan. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't, all things considered, it was, you know, it's... Today was okay, and the last couple of weeks have been like okay. You know, uh, on vacation, I got a little bit of stuff done, but you know, it was just sort of one of those things where I, I spent a lot of time doing a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay, like <laughs> you know, it's just like yeah. you know, without sounding cliche or weird, uh, you know, it's been like it's been busy, it's been and it's been kind of like a hectic couple of weeks because we had some stuff going on with Meg's family, but like. Mm. You know, it, it does seem like it's sort of like normalizing. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. 
how are you guys doing, man? I saw uh, pictures mm-hmm. from the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Which, which just means the very big ditch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, basically. We, we had a discussion about whether, because I've always called it the Grand Canyon. But when I've talked to some people who've actually been there, they just refer to it as Grand Canyon. No the mm. there. And that has always like made me like, turn my head like like it doesn't sound right to me when you just talk about we're going to we're going to grand canyon yeah like that that just it there's something inside of me that's like why i don't my brain does not like that um leaving out that article is like really kind of weird that's the word article i was trying to i was trying to think like all week what that word was that's what it is article and you just made my day um but yeah, it, it feels Aww, really weird. Thanks. I'm glad to <laughs> yes. do that. Um, and I think it's only going to get better from here. So I'm stoked. Um, the, the one thing that we did figure out is that it's called Grand Canyon National Park. So I guess if you're referring to that and like encompassing that entire yeah. title, when you say Grand Canyon, it makes sense then. But outside of that, when you're referring to it, because th- one of the points that my wife made is she was like, it's not like there are any other Grand Canyons. This is the Grand Canyon. So False. why would you ever? Oh. False. Okay. Pennsylvania has a Grand Canyon. Uh-huh. It has a big ditch. We do. We do. <laughs> nice. It's called the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. <laughs> and it is not nearly as big as the actual Grand Canyon. All right. But uh, in northern PA, I grew up. Uh, in a small town called Mansfield, PA, and uh, the Grand, the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon is is located about thirty to uh, thirty five, forty minutes away from Mansfield. <gasps> oh man, it's 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 neat. I it's I imagine the scope. It's like a few miles down to the, like you know. It's like you can yeah. hike down to the the bottom. It's like a couple couple miles versus mm-hmm. like I think like the hike down. But uh, to hike down to the actual bottom of the the actual Grand Canyon is a chunk. Like, yeah, I think I think it, at some parts it's only like eight miles. I say only. I don't do eight mile hikes, but um, mm. I was surprised. I thought it would be more. Um, it's just getting back up that's really difficult because eight miles when it's a steep uphill climb <laughs> is not very fun. <laughs> the, um, the listeners can't see the face I just made, but. <laughs> Like as someone who pr- walks as my job, yeah. mm-hmm. like I hit like eight ten miles a day, and I'm mm-hmm. telling you, if you told me I gotta walk up, like in the direction up for eight <laughs> miles, I'd look at you and be like, "You're coming to get me." Yeah, <laughs> like send someone to come get me. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Anyways, anyways, yeah, they had signs posted of like cartoon people vomiting saying don't try and go the entire way and back in a single day um Mm. and like if you think you can do it talk to a park ranger first (laughs) um so it's it's pretty intense because the other thing i didn't realize is that as you go further in further down it actually gets warmer for some reason i thought in valleys it would get cooler but it makes sense like there's well, no the breeze. Just like bouncing off the walls, and there's no breeze. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Like no, I I would I would have thought it would got cooler too, but yeah, I guess it makes sense. So, anyways, yes, we did have. Uh, oh gosh, well I'm gonna say it anyway. It's very cheesy. We did have a grand time in Arizona. Uh, <laughs> it popped into my head. I just had to. I'm a dad. Sorry. Um, 
But yeah, we spent four days. We flew into Phoenix, um, drove through a couple of towns. We actually have some friends in Arizona that we talked to that helped us plan our trip. So that was really nice. We stopped off in Sedona, Arizona, which had some um, hiking spots that we checked out as well, which is a lot of fun. And then a couple of days at the canyon, um, and we had a great time. It was definitely one of those vacations where um, you get home and you feel like you need a vacation from your vacation because we were just out hiking so much. And so not quite sun, maybe a little sunburned, but not too bad. I definitely have mm-hmm. a sick farmer's tan, um, but there, that, there's not much that's new. I just threw up that. metal horns. <laughs> yeah. If the the back of my neck is very dark and then right under my shirt line is very white. Um, but that's just how that goes. Um, no, but we did have a really good time. Um, I was able to get some game time in on the plane, flying there nice. and flying back, which was fun. Um, but yeah, actually, you know what? Since we're already there, you want to go ahead and jump right into the report? I was going to say, like, dude, you, you since you were bringing it up, like, let's just roll into it. All right. Yeah, but reading my brain. <laughs> we got this. Okay, okay. Patterns. Grab my report. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sure they love our Foley work. Uh-huh. Like, listeners, we have the best Foley work. I don't even know why I do that, but it just, it makes sense it's in my head. Fun. So. It's fun. It's fun. That's why. <laughs> We do it because it's fun. As I pull up my Google Doc. Um, <laughs> no, but... Um, bum, bum, bum. Okay, so what do I have? So I've actually... I have gone hog wild on my backlog over the past two weeks. So being out oh, of school... Boy. Um, yeah, I have finished five games. I'm not going to talk about all of them. Whoa. Um, they've all been under four hours-ish. Well, actually, one okay. of one of them... Um, the puzzle game that I was playing on Vita, Luminous. Um, I probably spent more than four hours on it, but that was due to the plane ride and just losing track of time. Um, Luminous is like really... It is choice. You get in the groove. I was surprised because I started playing it and I was just like, oh, this is weird. I don't know if I like this. But you, you hit a point where you know what to do with all the different types of blocks... And mm-hmm. then it's just kind of like coasting and making sure that you can get it done. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it clicked and I really liked it. Um, but anyways, that was not one of the games that I was going to talk about. Just because there are so many, I didn't want to have to go through all of them. So I'm okay. going to, to share the two th- that I enjoyed the most out of these games. The first of which, I don't know if I might have mentioned... No, I I think it was on the other podcast that we were on is when I mentioned it, actually. But that one is Azure Striker Gunvolt for 3DS. Mm -hmm. Um, Neat. Neat, neat, neat. Yes, yeah. So this is a spiritual sequel to Mega Man. Um, It plays differently. It looks and feels like, uh, like something out of the Mega Man X series. Um, it's got sort of those 16-bit style graphics. It's on the eShop on uh, 3DS. I played it on 3DS, and I believe it's also on Switch because I know physically there's a double pack. Um, oh, and it's on Steam too, which is kind of crazy because it just feels mm. like a Nintendo game. Um, but it plays a little differently. You don't actually... Well, you have a gun and you shoot enemies, but the shots don't actually do very much damage. You use your bullets to tag enemies, and then you use like this electrocution attack in order to actually 
defeat them. Um, you get different types of guns from, or different types of attacks from the bosses that you beat and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's got a very anime aesthetic that I really enjoy because I'm a bit of a weeb and it it (laughs) just, the game gets very difficult towards the end. Um, it gives you a very unsatisfying ending if you beat it normally and you have to, and so to me, because I was unsatisfied, I needed to get the true ending and the true ending forces you to replay the end of the game. Like you have to collect some items. You have to get the special item that actually makes the game more difficult. And then you have to beat the end boss, which was already pretty difficult. Um, with this handicap on basically in order to beat the game. And so it requires you to really know what you're doing. And while that can be frustrating, it is also extremely satisfying when you're mm-hmm. able to, when you're able to do it. And I, I didn't realize what the game was doing to me until I was, I was already in the thick of it. And it was kind of teaching me that I have to get better you have to keep trying because there are no lives in the game. You restart from checkpoints, so it's it's pretty immediate. Whenever you die, you can get right back in it, which is great. Um, but it, it it teaches you and forces you to get better, or you're not gonna, or it's not gonna be satisfying. <laughs> so this is either a very frustrating experience, or it is a very um, satisfying experience. I've said that word like ten times. I'm sorry. It could it could be like kind of both. Like it it sounds like you know not to to be hyperbolic, but you know it it there's that sort of like that Dark Souls ish quality to that stuff where it's like yes, it is it is frustrating, but it's equal part satisfying. Like the mm-hmm. the satisfaction is found in sort of overcoming, learning the loop, and then exploiting the loop and things like that. So like yeah, it can be both. Exactly. And I was trying really hard not to reference Dark Souls because we'll be talking about it later. Um, ah. <laughs> dropping hints. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, um, Azure Striker Gunvolt, although it started off as kind of like, oh yeah, this is kind of a fun game, it shot up to, wow, I actually really like this. Um, mm. And I was impressed with how much I actually liked the game. The other game that I wanted to talk about that I finished is one that I actually just played through last night. It is about an hour and a half long, and it's called The Beginner's Guide. So I played this one on Steam. It's from the creator of The Stanley Parable. Have you ever played that game? I have not played it. I'm aware of the game. I had to change my notes because now Uh my top ten list just got, like, shuffled. Oh, <laughs> all right. Anyways, we, 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 we will. Um, like I, I am aware of the Stanley Parable. Yeah, but um, I haven't actually played it. I know that it's sort of like one of those things that, uh, um, a lot of people. It's like it's it comes highly recommended from a lot of different people, and so it's yeah. at some point in time, like and. It, I don't know if my laptop could run it or not, but at some point in time, I will definitely check it out. Yeah, I mean, so. I believe it runs off of like a, um, oh, what's it called? Like a the Half-Life 2. It started off as like a Half-Life 2 mod. Um, okay. I could be wrong, but it it's not like top It's not super graphics. beefy? Yeah, no. 
does, I might be getting that confused. Require. Maybe Portal does that. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just these blocky little like situations you're walking around in that trigger audio files, basically. Um, but yes, Stanley Parable, I would say is highly recommended. This is from the same people who made the Stanley Parable and it's similar in its scope, but okay. it touches on different themes. So it is what people will refer to as a walking simulator. Most mm-hmm. all you do in the game is you just walk around. Um, but there's a narrator to the game, and he actually introduces himself as the creator of the Stanley Parable, Davy. Mm. And he is telling you, he wants to show you games by this other game creator. And so he puts you in these games that were created by someone else. And he talks about him in the first handful of games. Um, he kind of explains like what the creator was trying to do through these games. Um, and it's, it's a really cool kind of look at game design, I guess. But then you start to realize that the, that the narrator, there, there's something a little off about him and about what he's doing and what he's saying. And so it, it just goes deeper from there. Um, mm. It's kind of like, this is definitely one of those games that I would say you can have the conversation of our game's art because of it. Because I walked away from it with a lot of thoughts on um, people's relationships with media in general. And I th- and that's that's kind of what the game is about. And while it can definitely, it, you know, it, every every piece of media is this way. You can definitely take it to ex- ex- extreme, and you can disagree with what the game is saying, or you can kind of, you know, find a balance between. You know, you can take the game as in uh, saying uh, and expressing itself in a certain way that while it goes a little too far you can see what they're getting at and it causes you to kind of think in different contexts i'm being very vague and i apologize um but i i would highly recommend this game as well definitely stanley parable does again similar things but it does it in a much more playful manner this one actually gets darker if that makes sense um so but but they're both very good games if you're expecting an arcade experience that is not what they are at all i would say think of these in terms of like sort of like an art house movie where you okay. set aside an hour or two and you play through it and and you're experiencing something pay attention to what's going on and try and you know pull your in your interpretation from what the characters are doing and um and it, it gives you a lot to think about. So, anyways, um, man, been rambling. Those are the two. Those are the top two games that I have finished as I've been beating down my backlog over the past two weeks. Um, Dope. Yeah, man. Nice. Making making progress. I'm. I'm. How about how about reading or memorization or anything? How how have you been faring? Um, memorization has not been good. I know, I, I, and I feel like a broken record. Um, but just with schedules being out of whack, I have not been very regimented. So mm-hmm. I don't mean to uh, to blame anything else. It is my fault for being undisciplined through, you know, schedule changes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I digress. Um, that no, yeah, it's... I have not made. Hardly any progress. Only a couple. Only a little bit. 
As far as reading goes, I have, um, I've read a couple books, actually. Um, again, just little short ones. Um, but, uh, so the first one I read is a little book called Family Worship by Donald Whitney. That's a good and one. And it is good. It was mm-hmm. v- much more convicting than I was expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the audiobook is like an hour and a half. So it's like mm-hmm. a podcast episode. <laughs> but, yep. uh, it, uh, it definitely, uh, so family, you know, you kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, but going into it, I'm thinking, okay, this is, you know, just going to talk about, um, you know, how you ought to you, you do family worship basically, you know, and, and you which know, he does. Own, right. Right. He definitely does get into the nuts and bolts, but he also talks about, you know, the importance of. Mm-hmm. Of really just being immersed in the word and how that ought to, um, how that ought to affect your day, you know, and then especially um, the aspect of family as well. Being a father and knowing my responsibility to my wife and to my kids, it's just like, ugh, hammering home. Um, so yes, that it, that was a great book, and I'm probably gonna listen to it again just because it's so short. I think. I think, yeah, I listened to it all in one day. Um, it might have even been like one sitting, like one section. So, um, really good stuff. The other one that I've read, and I am actually going to go back and listen to it again for sure, is The Masculine Mandate by Richard Phillips. Mm. Um, and a lot, it's funny because they, they both kind of coincide um, <laughs> in that they, they both talk about, you know, the leadership of the of the husband and and of the father um and masculine mandate i think is really good because he kind of grounds his ideas of masculinity in the original creation narrative in genesis um and he pulls out a lot from that um what's interesting as well is that i went back and i listened to um paul maxwell he you know, pops up a lot on this podcast, but the self wire yeah. episode where he talked about masculinity. And while they do have a lot of things that overlap, they, they also have things that they each talk about that the other doesn't cover. And so um, it's interesting to, to kind of like get the, you know, just get some other perspectives on masculine, uh, on Christian masculinity in perspective, in, in particular, excuse me, um, and what that means and, and how to apply it. So. That's been really good. Good. But that excellent. Excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's what I've been mm-hmm. into for the past couple weeks. How about you, man? What do you have to report? Well, um I'll just I'll start backwards. I'll start with the books. Uh still just sort of plunking away. I I don't know what it is. I used to love to read as a kid and it just feels mm-hmm. like as I've gotten older, like I I've I my my brain probably has a case of the the dumbs, and uh, I I probably need to figure out. I probably need to retrain myself on how to read at some point in time. I, I've read articles about doing that, and that probably mm-hmm. means I need to wean myself off of social media to a certain extent. Huh. Um, yeah. So, um, but uh, still, sort of working through the company you keep, uh, the company we keep, and uh, uh, good and angry. Um, mm-hmm. which think the man that wrote that David Paulison just passed away. He did. Like, I was going to bring okay, that up. Okay. I've got that on okay. my notes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, 
it's it's i mean you know it's one of those things where we can say with confidence you know he's in the presence of the lord yeah uh, i think i think you know i didn't know the man um mm-hmm. we we didn't know him personally but i think based on sort of like the, his body of work and the testimony he of just his life in general we could say with a fairly certain degree of confidence that he is mm-hmm. in the presence of of christ um and so that's that's sort of our loss uh in some ways but we we are blessed you know like good and angry is just such a solid book and i'm definitely yeah. going to sort of look at some of his other materials at some point in time um so been been sort of plugging away at those two um been doing some of the valley of vision reading i actually haven't done oh, t- yes. any of today's readings but I'll do the evening one. Um, t- today was just rough. Uh, t- mm. You know, like today at work kind of kicked me in the, the, the gut a little bit. Um, it it was, like I said, it was okay. I was just very glad when it was done. So yeah. I, I was just like, I was sitting in, in the van at one point in time and it, I was just like exhausted and it, I didn't even, I could, I just couldn't reach over. Like, this is going to sound so pathetic, but I just, I was like, I was like, I'm just going to sit here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna sit here in the van, like on my lunch break, because like I just can't. Um, but uh, so I've been doing that, and I haven't. Like there was one day last week, I think, where I did all three readings. Um, but the others, it was mm-hmm. like I would do one in the morning, and then either like one in the evening or one in, in the afternoon. Um, you know, and again, it's sort of that. Just want to encourage other people who are doing that to say like, hey, you hit like at least one a day good because that's like that's a good thing if you hit two that's a good thing you hit all three that's a good thing so it's just like this is a good little thing i uh, just want to expose people to that um as far as my memorization uh, like and again i'm i'm right there with you in the broken record camp like i just i dropped the ball uh i did work on it a little bit over my vacation mm-hmm. but then um and again, I sort of touched on it. We had some stuff going on with Megan's family that was yeah. very just dealing with some issues um, as far as like health issues of of, of some uh, so, some family stuff. And uh, so it just, yeah, it was like one of those things where I didn't reach for that as often as I should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I did manage to, in the course of the last couple of weeks, uh, and so wrapping up, like, the games that I finished up with, uh, and I think, like, the only things that that I've really been playing were the Spider-Man D- DLC, which I, I beat and completed all three pieces of the DLC. Nice. Um, it's good. Dude, that game is, that game is very, very good. Um, I probably already talked about it a little bit before, but it really is just an incredible entry into the single player like campaign sort of model that it's one of the reasons Sony has sort of, I I think dominated is because like it is high level storytelling is, it's just, it's an excellent game. Um, And I was actually just listening to, uh, IGN Unfiltered with, I think it's Ryan McCaffrey does that. Okay. And he was interviewing the guy from the head of Insomniac Studios. And I listened to two different interviews with this guy. And one was 
right before Spider-Man released, and so they sort of talked about like Insomniac's history and sort of what led up to Spider-Man, and then one was post Spider-Man where he was interviewing him about like sort of like you know because the game was very well received and um, it was just very interesting. I, I like that game a lot. Um, it it was actually you know to to be fair, like when all was said and done, it almost earned a spot in my top 10 but like oh dang it's i think that game is excellent in a lot of ways but i feel like the stuff that edged it out um yeah so uh but then uh and i finally beat odin sphere and i'm throwing out air quotes um because to get the true ending you know to there's a true ending like i rolled credits Mm -hmm. on it and dude just for the record, like man, I have yet to see a like an end credit sort of role that are as pretty as the ones in that game. Oh. Um, it's very. Uh, I was. I mean, like, granted, some of it was. It, it's just you know you're rolling credits, but they they had some like they did some really neat detail work and stuff and some fun. Like I was like, man, this is really. Anyways, um, I don't know if you saw them or not, but it was like. I wrote haiku reviews um, yes. of the games. <laughs> Those were awesome. I, I think I might start doing that from time to time. I also wrote a very uh, a long overdue haiku review of Doom. <laughs> so I just was like bored and I was like, I want I want to sort of like just in, in like play around with that a little bit. My dogs are mm-hmm. wrestling in the living room. <laughs> It's they're they're making sure that they their voice they're uh, yeah <laughs> they're being heard. Um, they're but, like you uh, don't haiku about us. That's that's I feed them the good food. Just, just video games and hot dogs. Yeah that yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I did eat that that hot dog. It's a foot long hot dog, and it's it's mm. a local place here in Johnstown called Coney Island or the Coney it's like it's like it's like you go there at like two in the morning after the bars are closed and you use it to soak up all the poison that you've imbibed yeah. <laughs> through the course of the night um but it's it, they call this it's this hot dog a home wrecker it's a foot long and it's got like a chili sauce in air quotes um <laughs> it's it's a a sauce with meat that resembles sort of chili uh <laughs> it's got uh mustard and onions and a bunch of like different cheese stuff on it and then you can get different stuff on it and i got mac and cheese on mine because uh, i like mac and cheese mm-hmm. and uh yeah it, you know it that i was anticipating maybe some negative side effects um but yeah i didn't really have any Nice. So I don't know if it's just like you know there there was sort of like this uncomfortable like sort of brick <laughs> like sitting in my my gut for a while, but I, you know I imagine that's what happens when you eat like a foot long hot dog, you know, smothered in above sort of condiments. So yeah, yeah, um, aforementioned condiments. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The 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 home record was interesting. I don't know like. It's something that like I might eat again, but I don't know how often. Like it's it's kind of like one of those things. Like I like I I feel like 
I especially don't like myself today. I'm going to go eat a home wrecker. You know, uh, I need to feel, you know, it's like, it's, 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 it's very comfort foodie. And, and I dig mm-hmm. that, but it's like, it's also like very not good for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't yeah. know, but, um, all right. Enough talking about, <laughs> but yeah, um, Odin sphere. Uh, I really like that game. Um, and I will be plugging away at the the platinum at some point. Prior to that, before I do that, I did pick up Earthbound. I got through. I'm probably about three, two or three hours into it so far. Okay. And I'm gonna. I'm just going to like that is going to be the bulk of what I play for the rest of the month. You know, some people would just be like, "Ah, you're cheating," but I'm going to be using a walkthrough to this sort of because. Mm-hmm. I just don't like, you know, I'll try to play the game organically as much as possible, but in order to be ready to sort of discuss it with Paul and and you and Wes at the end of the month, it's like, I feel like I just need to beat this thing. And um, so um, I just got to threed. Okay. Oh, well, actually, I just, no, I just got, I just, uh, Jeff. I just started playing as Jeff. Okay. Okay. So nice. I'm doing that. Uh, I I played through all of Earthbound Beginnings with a guide. Okay. Pretty much. Um. Now Beginnings is a little, little more obtuse than Earthbound. Um. That's that good old NES obtuseness too. Yeah. It's like you need this item, but nowhere in the game does it tell you you need this (laughs) item. Yeah. And you're also going to have to be like six levels higher in order to get that item. And good yep. luck, because if you die, you're going to have to restart. Um, but no, Save states! <laughs> yes, it definitely comes in handy. Um, there is one infamous part in Earthbound, though. I hope I'm not spoiling anything, but I'm going to say it anyway. Where you need to say the password. Do, do you know what this part is? You just wait. Yeah, okay, okay. The, uh, I... I think it's okay. Three I think we we talked about this because when okay. I was emulating it, that was the point. Like, because I played this, I think that was the point where I stopped. Like, the more I think about this game and the more I'm sort of replaying it, I'm like, that was the point where I just like I was like I couldn't figure it out, and I just yeah. stopped playing the game. So, like, so I just go up there when I get to that part, just so I'm I'm I'm, and if anybody doesn't want to listen to the spoily thing i'm gonna ask josh a question you could probably skip like five seconds after and he'll answer (laughs) it and it won't be spoiled for you but the game's like 30 years old so get over it um uh so when i get to the waterfall i'm going to just go up start the dialogue and then just walk away for like three minutes you don't even walk away you just don't yeah no i'm saying like me personally oh yeah okay yes do i so i need to close the dialogue box and then just like let it sit for three four minutes or whatever it is yeah yeah i yeah i believe it's three minutes i could be wrong but yeah yeah all right it feels uncomfortably long (laughs) well Three minutes, yeah, in silence or whatever. Like, like I'll probably just like go like read like a chapter of a book or something, or like you know a few mm-hmm. pages and then come back or something. But all right, so it's done. He's ruined it's it for done. me. 
Spoilers are over. Get in. Let's let's just do this thing because this is gonna be. I'll be honest, like and just upfront. I really struggled. Like the first five six games on this, I was like, I was like, yeah, no. I thought about this, and it was like they they very clearly established themselves. But then then the last couple, I just I've and even while we're talking, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh. And so there, there might be some like last minute sort of like flipping around and like doing some brief editing. I may throw in just like a couple honorable mentions just to say like these things almost made the list, but mm-hmm. I don't know yet either. So, but do you want to go first or do you? Sure. Yeah. Okay. I either way. Um. I I do. This is one of the joys of having my spreadsheet of games. Is that even though it takes a while to go through all of them, I can at least kind of scan the list just mm. to make sure there's nothing, you know, just to see if anything jumps out at me. And that's mm. honestly like part of why I was so surprised after this list came together was like, I I didn't, well, I mean, yeah, let's, let's get into it, but I, I just, there are some on here that I didn't expect to be on here, but as I continue to go through my list, I'm like, no, I, I I do think it's better than any of these other games. Or rather, actually, before we even begin, let me state up front that this is not a best games of all time list. This is a my favorite games of these all are, time list. These are our desert island games. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the reason I differentiate that is because I, I can't say that these are you know, greater than other games, only that I have enjoyed them more. So don't, you know, this is not drawing a line in the sand, but these, and, and we'll talk about, I mean, yeah, let's, let's go through it because we'll talk about the reasons why I put them on this list as well, because some of them kind of conflict, (laughs) if that makes sense. Um, And, and you'll see, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see as we go on, but I, I do have a couple prominent genres that are displayed in, in this year list. Um, okay. So at the bottom of my list, number 10, um, I, this one could change in the future, but it's been, you know, a month or two and I, I still can't get it out of my head. Number 10 for me is Octopath Traveler. Hmm. It actually made it on my top 10. Um, just as I continue to kind of go through other RPGs, this one kept it was it was still there it was still there as i kind of pitted it against other ones that um i have really enjoyed for for one reason or another um it's not perfect i can understand the problems that people have with it um it definitely requires a lot out of you the post-game content is very difficult and requires you to play a certain way (laughs) 
Um, there's some frustrating things about the post-game content, but I also think that that, that, that plays into my love for the game is that um, it does kind of put a bow on the story in a way that doesn't necessarily feel complete until you've finished it all. Um, so I would highly recommend doing that, although, it, again, it requires a lot in terms of just hours played and uh, strategies employed. Hmm. Um, but what they do well in this game, I mean, it just it just checked off the boxes for me. It's a gorgeous game. The, the music is spectacular. Um, I still listen to the, the OST. Um, mm. it, it even actually, it's, it's funny as we were getting, as we were prepping, uh, Square Enix had their E3, um, press conference and, uh, they, they had a little, a little video for Octopath because it's out in PC now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just like playing that music, I'm like, oh, this is so good. The music in this game is really good. Um, and it's it's varied as well, which is good. Anyways, I don't want to continue to gush, but it, it, again, I, I the way that I made this list is that I did kind of... I, I, I didn't want this list to all be JRPGs, because that's my favorite type of game. Um, although there aren't wildly differing genres, um, I also didn't want, you know, to only represent one side of what I love about video games. So... I would I would pit games in a like genre, so JRPGs in general, and and this one continued to to stick with me as I mm-hmm. as I kind of voted on them in my head. Um, it beat out another one of my honorable mentions um, that has been on my personal top ten list for a really long time, which is Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm. Um, is another one of my favorites, but. I, as much as the story in that one was was better in terms of its scope, um, th- the characters in Octopath Traveler I just really liked in the way that it interacted with the uh, gameplay of the game. I felt really just came together. So, Octopath Traveler is my number ten. How about you? Dope. That is very nice. Uh, man. I'm just gonna like I really like I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm gonna say my number ten is Neo. Um, oh, nice! And I'm sort of throwing that in there um, because I. So my entry into like the Dark Souls type games was mm-hmm. uh, that Lords of the Fallen game that came out a okay. few years ago. It's sort of like a Dark Souls light sort of thing. Um, and then after I played and beat that, I actually got into Bloodborne. And then mm-hmm. because of Bloodborne, I got into Neo. And so Neo is sort of like the culmination of all. And th- like I'm not saying that it's like a perfect game, but in a lot of like I probably dumped over a hundred hours into that game. And it's like you know, wow. I spent a good bit of that playing co-op with my buddy Parker. But like <laughs> I'm just saying, like there was a reason we kept coming back to it. Like, yeah, and towards the end, like, we were definitely sort of like, yeah, all right. Like, yeah, th- there was a point where we were just like, at the end, we were just like, oh, I just want to be done. But uh, that game, you know, really did just sort of like, uh, especially sort of once we got into the systems and stuff, it really just sort of did pull me in. And so, like, 
as much as like I would love to be able to say like throw Lords of the Fallen or Bloodborne or even some of the like I'm not super I've never beaten a Dark Souls game so at some point in time I am going to go back and sort of work my way through those as well mm -hmm. but it's like just as as far as like sort of a representative of that hardcore action RPG uh, dude I think Neo is probably um, one of the best games uh, and it's I'll be honest, like, it's one of the reasons that, like, I was as excited about Sekiro or Sekiro as yep. I was. Like, um, I, I love the aesthetic of, like, that, that sort of that feudal era Japan stuff. And, um, yeah, there's there's a part of me that was, like, definitely, like, very, you know, very weeby. And uh, mm -hmm. Neo yeah. sort of appealed to that. And, like, dude, I mean, it's just, like... Neo is just sort of an interesting blend of a bunch of different stuff that I really like, and it's a game that I go back now. Like I, I, I still have it installed on the PS4. I have like just like booted or turned it on, just like go back and just like crush old enemies, and like <laughs> you know it's like this knob used to give me problems, and now it's like mm -hmm. I'll show you knob. <laughs> um, Nice. So I feel like that is probably like, and, and it edged out. Um, well, and I'll save my honorable mentions. I think I, I think for the end because I have a couple. But okay. it did edge out one that like was on my list up until like we were sort of talking, and then I was like, oh no, <laughs> like no, I really yeah, if I yeah, and I didn't really rank these very officially but i'm looking at my mm -hmm. my list and the way i wrote it down and i'm like ah it's pretty close but yeah i would say like my right. like at the sort of coming in at the bottom of my list i think neo going sort of even with that like that i sort of said it before but like that desert island game thing like if somebody's like i'm gonna put you on an island with a ps4 and uh neo i'm like okay like <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> yeah yeah so, have at it that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, that's that's good to know because uh, Neo, I've I've not even dipped my toe in that one at all. Like I've I've been more focused on the the Dark Souls games, and then you know if should I ever get a PS4, Bloodborne is one of the first games that I plan mm -hmm. on getting. Um, but knowing that Neo is that good uh, definitely makes me want to play it as well. Um, I just think too, like it's a much prettier game than yeah. the From Software games. Like I'm gonna be honest, like I think the From Software games are cool, um, but they kind of look like not great. Like it's everything's kind of mm -hmm. gross and super hairy and yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not that's, you're not wrong. <laughs> and and yeah, Neo they, they just try and is gross pretty. You out. Yeah. So nice. What's your number nine there, dude? Okay, um now I'm gonna I'm gonna upset you a little bit with this one. Um not as much as some of the later ones, but um It's your so, list, dude. You're I, yeah, allowed to be I, wrong. Okay. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> then here I am in all of my wrongness. Is that I, I had a battle between two games, two games that I feel are very similar, and I think that Symphony of the Night has to win out. Um, mm. th the problem is the one that it was warring against is Hollow Knight. Oh. And we've talked about Hollow Knight so much. Um, th the problem is, as I was thinking about it, 
as as I was writing the list and it came down to it, I was like, okay, if you put both of these games in front of me right now, which one would I rather play right now? And I was like, mm. okay, I think I'm gonna go Symphony of the Night. Um, and I under it, again, it's not that it is even it, not not that it's a better game than Hollow Knight because I don't know that you could say that. Um, it's certainly more influential. But Hollow Knight does some some things way better than Symphony of the Night. There's just something about um, Symphony of the Night that allows you... I, I don't know. You can brute force your way through the game by grinding if you want to. You don't have to be amazingly good at it. You don't have to, like, get everything. You don't have to beat mm. the stinking, like, Colosseum in Hollow Knight or do what... Uh, steel soul mode or something like that forget that noise um so so i think symphony of the night edges it out for me and maybe that's just fueled by nostalgia because this is one that i played um pretty early on you know back on the original playstation and um i I don't think there's any other game in the the metroidvania genre that beats it out um, it, it just, it did so much so well. I, you know, if, if you haven't played it, sorry for spoiling this, but you basically get to the end of the game, and if you do it right, with, you know, if you have the right, I don't know if it's something equipped or something like that, but if you get the right ending, the entire game flips upside down, and then you it's, have to you have continue. You have to have the spectacles. Like, oh, that's right, because you have to see who's controlling Richter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is, you're right. Um, it's, it's still there. It's still there somewhere. Um, but then, yeah, you play the entire game upside down. Well, n- you're not upside down, but all of the, the, the castle rooms flips the castle. Over. Yeah, and it plays really well, even though it's the exact same rooms, just upside down. Now mm-hmm. they're different enemies and things like that. And that was just absolutely mind-blowing for me, because it's like, oh, I th- like I thought I was at the end of the game. And it was. I mean, it, I got the bad ending, um, but then when I figured out you could do that, it just, yeah. It, this game, I just feel, and I understand some people don't even like it. And well, sorry, this is my list, so I'm well, gonna have to go with Symphony of the Night. For they're that. allowed to be crazy. They're allowed to be yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, dude, like that, that's like that's a, that's a hard call because like uh, where, whereas, um, and I will. You know, spoilers alert. I will be talking about Hollow Knight online, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, like like we would not have something like Symphony or Hollow Knight without Symphony of the Night, and yeah. so like it is, like and that I'll be honest, like that's a question that I really wrestled with in sort of narrowing down my list because it's like it really is very much um, like there are a couple games on here that I'm not going to say like they're the best game or there are even some games in my honorable mentions that it's like the, the question became like do I go with like my original sort of experience that hooked me into that whole sort of like line of whatever or do I go with sort of the like if I'm going to play one of these which one am I going to want to play more yeah and so that's that's that really that became a, a, a hard question to sort of wrestle with but um, dude, Symphony of the Night, like, yeah, that's, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, 
I even made mention of it when we were talking with Logan on the the previous episode that we did on Hollow Knight is is that we had already kind of kicked around doing this top 10 and I I had already kind of wrestled with this question and even just talking about Hollow Knight I'm like ah oh, did I make the right call I don't know um cuz they are both fantastic games they're yeah they're I mean like yeah and and dude like the the fact is like Symphony of the Night still stands up today so yeah yeah it's definitely not um anything to sort of like whatever yeah i like yeah it's for me <laughs> that's that's it's not as hard i mean i mm-hmm. like symphony of the night but i don't have like the the attachment to it i think yeah in a lot of ways my next one my number nine is and and again like this is just sort of like i think one of the reasons it's so far down the list you know to be perfectly honest is because i haven't played it in a while but it is Double Fine's Psychonauts. Okay. Um, dude, I, I was listening to, and again, sort of going back, I was listening to IGN Unfiltered, and the very first uh, interview they did was with Tim Schafer from mm-hmm. Double Fine. Uh, that dude's just real weird, and I, I like him. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'd want to hang out with him in real life, um, even if he is just a total weird weirdo nutball um (laughs) but and then even sort of like with the announcement of psychonauts 2 like i'm like no um and then just you know just sort of like e3 is going on right now i saw that double fine became a microsoft studio yeah and made me mad (laughs) (laughs) um i do not like that as long as psychonauts 2 comes to the ps4 or ps5 like it's like that, that was the initial initial plan, I think. Like, they were going to release it on the PS4. So as long as that doesn't change, I'm not going to, like, lose too much sleep. Um, but, yeah, Psychonauts is, like, sort of... I, as a general rule, do not like 3D platformers. Um, okay. They're okay. I think they're fine. But they just never got me. Like, they never got their hooks in me. Like, I like Mario Sunshine. I like Mario Odyssey. Mario 64 is fine. Like, I think those games are fine. But, like, uh, just as far as, like, a favorite sort of, like, genre, like, I'm, I just don't have strong feelings about any of them. Except for Psychonauts. And it's just, like, I think the, the way uh, that Tim Schafer described it was, like, it was basically, uh, like, the the inspiration for this game was just like some dudes were trying to describe a peyote trip um and not that i'm advocating <laughs> substance abuse but and it's like it really it, it's very psychedelic it's very like the the colors are weird and just like it's the it i mean it's like it's a tim schafer game so it's just weird and it's goofy and like it's just one of those games that um, I think there's just a lot of attention to detail in the game. Mm-hmm. No, granted, I'm a few years out from the last time I played it, but it's just one of those games that sort of gets stuck in your craw and you can't like really walk away from. And so, yeah, uh, my number nine is Psychonauts. Um, nice, nice. Yeah, I've I've heard really good things about it, but um, have not yet played it. It is currently in my games of shame trademark dude we're good well we'll we'll make it a thing like we'll find a reason to to roll it out and bust it out and play it so i'm down i'm down we 
We should. We will. We will, so that it can get beaten down off of my backlog. Um, <laughs> all right, so now that we're done with Mighty Number no. 9, let's move oh. on to 8. But definitely no mentions of Mighty Number no. 9 in sight. Um, I actually haven't even played that game. But regardless, there are reasons why I haven't played that game. My number 8 is a little no. I don't know. This one um, might have flown a little bit under the radar. I don't know if anyone else has heard about this game, but it's called... Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> Dude, um, it's actually made my top three. Nice! That's awesome. Why don't... I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna... I'll let you talk about it for okay. a little bit, and then I'm gonna hop on, and that way we'll skip right past. Like, when, when it comes to my top three, I'll just move on to something else. So. Okay. Okay. So, um... The crazy thing about this game is that it came so early in video game history in general, mm-hmm. and it still stands the test of time. Um, when it co- the, the art style is fantastic. The music is great. Um, it has so much personality, and it allows you to do so many cool things, um, like with the different transformations that Mario gets... Um, the, the fact that you could store your items is super awesome. The fact that there are hidden whistles to take you to other worlds is awesome. Um, and even how the game is very playable until the last world and it really gets difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I have only ever beaten this game on the uh, Mario All-Stars Super Nintendo version because you can save. And that essentially... Mm-hmm. The like continues still knock you back, and I think they lock levels. I, I can't remember exactly how it works. You have to beat certain levels again, but not all of them. Um, but you, when you save, you can start at the beginning of a world. So mm-hmm. if if you're at the final world, you you can always start at the beginning of that world. And but and so it also allows you to kind of cheese the game if you go back and earn a bunch of P wings and then play through the final world by using a bunch of P-Wings. Um, it's really cheesy, but that's a way that you can do it if if you so choose. Um, uh, it's it. I'm not sure what else to say, except that I think Nintendo nailed it, and it is a perfect platformer of this style. Um, I do have other platformers on my list that are higher on my list, but this one is so simple. You just run and jump. You've got these. You, you've got the other powers, so you can shoot fireballs and you know you can fly and stuff like that. But it it is such a simple game that I I just think it's it's the perfect Mario game mm. when I, when I look at it. So that's my two cents. Wow. No, I mean I think there are a few things that that stand out to me about Mario Brothers Three. Um, and and I have to be. I think one of the reasons I rank this so high is because it is the only NES game that I still go back to and play. Fair, like I've played it within the last year or two. Nice. Um, and I, I'm not trying to be that guy, but I beat it on the NES. Um, wow. So okay. it's like, but Cred. it was also like that's the day Gaming and age cred right here. The, but that's also like the day and age where you had like three games and so you yeah. just got like you just got good um yeah. 
I'm not saying like, but it was like, it was one of those games that like, this was, uh, for me, it was like, it was one of the first games we got with our Nintendo. Like, we only had, for, okay. for a few years, we only had like, um, well, we had the, like, the Super Mario Brothers and, uh, Duck Hunt combo. Um, mm-hmm. we had Tetris. We had, um, what all the, we had the original Legend of Zelda. And um, we had oh, I had Dragon Dragon Warrior, yeah. And then I had Super Mario Brothers three, and that was like all that Dang. we had okay. for uh, like you know. And we I would borrow games from other friends from friends and stuff like that. But like we just didn't. My parents didn't just we just didn't buy a lot of games. But uh, Super Mario Brothers three was like um, I didn't beat it, and that's the other thing. I didn't beat it till later on in life. Like it was like one of those things. Okay. Like when I was okay. playing it, when I was like eight and nine. It was like, you know, I I I could get to like world seven and then I die. Okay, like yeah. you know, but it's like you know, but um, so I think the other thing though is I like, I just think that the overall presentation is really charming and how the entire game mm-hmm. is set up sort of as like a a, a play, mm-hmm. like even with the 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 curtain rolling up in the beginning and. Uh, it's just like and I think like the other thing that like it is it came very late in the NES's life cycle and it did things on the NES that no other game did like they I know that they put like an extra chipset or something in the cartridge to like give it like a bump and there was like yeah. they were doing like all sorts of like crazy stuff with compression and just like they were like at this point in time like you're looking at a game that in a lot of ways I think competes with a lot of 16-bit titles mm-hmm. on an 8-bit system and 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 it's sort of like it is a math it's like you, what you're seeing is like this is the pinnacle of what can be done with the NES and um so like I I feel like there's just like a level of technical prowess there that you have to sort of acknowledge um yeah and and yeah like I said for me it's just nostalgia and it's like it's one of those games that like I just love coming back to it and uh it's i'm not yeah it is hard it is but it's it's one of those games that like in a lot of ways like i know i know the ropes and it's just like it's a it's a it's very comfortable so um but yeah oh sorry i I was just gonna say i think what i was talking about simplicity yeah i it hasn't hit me until just now i think the fact that it's on nes you know you have Mm -hmm. a and b start and select i guess in the d-pad of course but i just mean it's not it doesn't give you very many options it's like here's here's what you got to do even with just a and b though i mean think about like like so you hold b to run Mm. then you can hold is it hold b you can uh, that's like they introduced picking up the turtle shells and stuff like that too yeah Mm -hmm. so you can pick up the turtle shell and it's like dude it's like even with those buttons like and just sort of like man there was like a Man, that that game is savage yes. in a lot of ways. Um, just like, just th- what they what they accomplished with it. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's sort of like very Othello esque, where it's like it's very easy to learn the rules, but it's lifetime to master kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. And they do so many inventive things throughout the course of the game, because even stuff on the overworld map is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the worlds that you don't have to play every level. I mean, the very first world is like that. You don't have to mm-hmm. if you don't want to. Um, 
and, and taking different routes and things like that, depending on your play style. If the donut blocks really make you nervous, then just skip level four in the first world. Um, you know, yeah. st- stuff like that. And th- yeah, it just, it does it so well. And I will fully admit that I was definitely, um, I saw The Wizard growing up, and I really enjoyed that movie. And that is that movie is a commercial for Nintendo that culminates with the revelation of Mario Brothers Three. <laughs> it ends with the reveal of Super Mario Brothers Three. Yeah, That's, yeah, and dude. that to me was was amazing. You know, that blew my mind as a kid. I know I've already said that twice about two separate games, but uh, th- so. I, I definitely think nostalgia plays a factor into it, but I, I think I can also make a solid case as to why I just think this is such a... I, I, I said earlier it's it's a perfect platformer. I don't I don't know if I can say that it's a perfect game, but it's one it's as close to perfection as a video game can get in its respective genre and for its time and all that stuff. So yeah, perfect yeah. with qualifiers. That's not, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, no dude, that's, that's crazy, man. So, um, but my number eight, it's dragon quest eight. Um, ah, this is a game that, uh, I really struggled with, whether or not to put the original Dragon Warrior in or a different Dragon Quest game. But out of all of them, this is the one that I spent the most time with. And this is the one that really sort of cemented uh, the Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior games for me as being like... Because like... Okay, so growing up, like, it was like Dragon Quest versus Final Fantasy was sort of like, you know, it was like, which one is the better RPG system, game, whatever. And it's, you're not really thinking about that when you're a kid, at least I wasn't, maybe some people are, but it was sort of like, um, you, you know, everybody, like, you know, everybody that I knew was big into Final Fantasy, but like, I really just liked Dragon Warrior. A lot mm-hmm. and so playing dragon warrior 8 um i think it's sort of like and this i'll, I'll probably mention something very similar to th- this idea that i'm going to express but like just seeing okay so like dragon warrior games have always had like that akira toriyama style mm-hmm. um and i i think like y- you know say what you want about dragon ball z it's kind of like played out whatever but his style is is just charming and i love it and just to see that that entire game actualized in that style like really just was kind of like a pinnacle moment like a sort of a high moment as far as gaming goes and it was just like one of those things where there's like when you're a kid and you're seeing like this is like you're seeing like okay like that little sprite in Dragon Warrior sort of move across the screen, and you're imagining sort of what, and so you get that transition where it's like no, now I'm seeing what I've been imagining for the last twenty odd years or yeah. thirty years, you know, and at that point in time it was twenty years. So, but it's it's just like it's just like that, like it's just it's a charming game. Uh, I'm not even gonna say it's like the best Dragon Warrior game you know but it's the one that i spent the most time with i probably jumped well over 200 hours on that um i did 
all the secret dungeon stuff like i had all the best equipment i had i think all 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 or most of the characters like all the way maxed out like it was just i that i you know i i spent entirely too much time playing that game but so for me it was like if if i don't put this on the list i'll sort of be uh you know wrong <laughs> yeah, I yeah i would i would wouldn't be doing myself a favor but that that's my number eight that's awesome that's all and it's fitting that it's dragon quest eight um mm-hmm. th- that's another game that's on my games of shame i own it well, actually, it was gifted to me on uh, PlayStation 2 after... Was it after? I think it was after. Maybe it wasn't. But I also purchased the 3DS version. Because um, I, I heard ha- that I have made... both of them as well. Okay. I heard that it's it's so. made some quality of life improvements. So And mm-hmm. it's just handheld, and I love playing RPGs handheld. So um, that's probably the way that I'm going to end up going when I get around to it. Word. Okay, um, number seven, for real this time, this is my Dark Horse pick. This is one that I don't expect anyone listening to have ever heard of, much less played. Um, and this is a game, it was originally for the DS, it was re-released on 3DS with some additional content. It is a Shin Megami Tensei game. It's called Devil Survivor Overclocked. And um, this one is interesting because it came at a point where I had played other um, games that did some similar things. So um, the the basic trope of this game, it's, it's an RPG. And you start off as these teenagers and it takes place in Tokyo. Some weird stuff happens and there is a... Um, Tokyo is basically on lockdown. Okay? And that is the start of... I think I had, I had, right before this game, I had played two other games that used that same trope, and it was um, another one of the Shin Megami Tensei games, and um, The World Ends With You. And so mm. I was kind of, th- th- my history with this game, I was kind of like, okay, well, this again, here we go, like, not thinking much of this game. And as it continued on, the story in particular got better and better and better until it kind of revealed what it was doing and it uses some analogies with some biblical characters which was really cool to me now obviously they weren't christians making the game so you can have issues with with that if you want to um but the the just some of the illusions that they do in the game really and maybe it was just because the beginning of the game to me was so just like rote and it just felt like oh great this again um and i wasn't and maybe my expectations were so low that by the end of the game i really liked where the story went um Mm -hmm. so that's story wise in terms of the gameplay it's an rpg and it uses a lot it uses the press turn system from Shin Megami Tensei so you're using a lot of attacks that exploit weaknesses in order to get extra turns but it's also sort of a strategy RPG in the vein of something like Final Fantasy Tactics where you're moving on a grid throughout the the game or throughout the battles at least um, but then when you actually go to attack someone then it goes into more of the standard R- JRPG turn-based system but it's basically like one or two turns in a normal turn-based game 
for that one attack turn that you take. It makes sense when you actually play it. Um, but it's another game where at the end of the game, it forces you to play in a certain way. It forces you to use certain strategies in order to actually beat the game, which again just feels very satisfying when you finally have a team and you're like, your characters are dying every turn and you're reviving them and pulling off some crazy attacks and then getting hit with crazy attacks and it feels like you're just barely making it by the skin of your teeth and then it all pays off by beating the game. Um, yeah. The, it, there was really and it, it, this is the one that surprised me the most because mm. even as I look at the Shin Megami Tensei series this one rises to the top for me which is weird because I don't think it's it's talked about very often because it's I mean it's an obscure little DS game like you know not very many people have heard of Shin Megami Tensei and then this is a spin-off of Shin Megami Tensei so <laughs> even more so um, but yeah the story and the gameplay just really it hooked me and like most Shin Megami Tensei games there are multiple endings to this game I've only gotten one of them and then the post-game content for that one specific ending. Um, but there are multiple endings, so there's plenty more for me to even go back on and continue playing. But uh, yeah, hmm. I, I, I really dig this game. So Shin Megami Tensei, Devil Survivor Overclocked. Fun fact, <laughs> I actually have it. Really? Oh, I wow. just haven't played it yet. So it's it's one of those things my brother actually was into it. And I was watching him play, and I was like, what is that? And he told me about it, and I was like, ha! Huh. And then I went out, and it was like on sale or something at some point on the, yep. the eShop there, and I picked it up. So it's sort of, it's something that I haven't really played, but um, I did play enough of it to sort of like get an idea, and then mm -hmm. I got distracted by other things. So yeah, I, I don't, and it was, you know, a few years ago at this point in time, but I'll definitely have to sort of like put that on yield pile. Mm -hmm. at some point in time it's so. it's definitely it's a very anime game um and so there's a little bit of fan service in it as well um mm. which is you know always a, a downer but um but the the characterization is really cool too because you can the the game actually uses your choices in you have a limited amount of time in the game and because there's this quarantine in tokyo um characters will die if you don't do certain things and mm -hmm. so basically throughout your playthrough unless you play you know with a guide and you play perfectly the, the characters that you choose to team up with by choosing certain characters you are also kind of allowing other characters to die um so so mm -hmm. the choices that you make really kind of affect the gameplay as well so mm. <laughs> high marks for me that is why it's my number seven so, my number seven is actually the most current iteration of the God of War games. Uh, okay. The one that just came out, like, uh, I guess it was last year or two years ago. Mm -hmm. um, now, part of that is because of the timing. Um, I got that game right. So, you know, for people who haven't really heard the story, and I'm going to try to be quick because it... it um, but the the boys we were fostering some boys with the hopes of adopting them and um that didn't work out uh and so 
there was a lot of like sort of like really wrestling with a lot of heavy issues and i was playing this game in that time frame like one um it's very interesting to see them sort of a redemption story for kratos um mm-hmm. because you know you look at the first three and like i i don't know like i played the first two didn't play three and i played some of the psp offs you know spin-offs or whatever but like He's just angry and kills things. I yeah. mean, there's he just there's not a lot to him, and they and I know that in the third one they sort of started some of like that's that stuff, but like this really was a redemption story. It was a man. Uh, it was about a in, in the sort of the most basic terms. It was about a man who has a fairly dark and complicated past, and he's trying to not return to that he's like you know and in some ways he's he's running from like i'm not gonna i don't want to spoil anything but like you know the the reality is he has to sort of like come to terms with like the who he is and like he has to keep he has to stop running from who he is but rather like turn that um turn turn use his life experiences and his abilities and everything the right way um Mm -hmm. And then it's also like a, a story about fathers and sons, and um, like man, it's about a, a man who is—I don't think he was a terrible dad, but I don't think he was a really good dad either. And um, y- y- you know, it's about this man learning to be a a father, not just a father, but a dad. But and it, and and not just like okay like i'm gonna be friends with my son now but it's like i'm also like he's very much i think like in a lot of ways i think we as christians can sort of sympathize with this or should empathize with this but like as as fathers we want to prepare our sons for the world and so a lot of like you know some of some of his harshness and everything is like yes that's that's a different issue but a lot of his as the the story progresses like he really is he really desires to equip his son to live in the world um and you know to survive and to thrive and to to have the skills necessary to sort of overcome and so it's just like i just think it's a phenomenal like like hands down it is one of the best stories i think i've been told in gaming um nice it's hard because like spider-man was sort of in the same window as far as like game of the year stuff and Spider-Man's, I really like that game. It is, I really enjoy that game. And it almost made my list. But when push came to shove, like, I was, like, thinking about, like, the games that really, like, meant something. And, like, if I had to go back and play it again. Like, if somebody was, like, pick Spider-Man or God of War, I'm going to look at them. And, like, as much fun as it is to be Spider-Man and as good as that story is, because that story is really top-notch, I don't think it has the emotional resonance that got awarded. And like I said, it's just I, I think it's a phenomenal game. I in my opinion, it is a system seller and it's it's a game that I think more people ought to play. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's good to know. Um and yeah, that's a that's a very modern game. Less than a year well, is it less than a year old? I think. Uh, Something like that. Like like a year or two. It might be pushing two at this point. Okay. Well, there goes my memory. So I've got my number six is, and this this could really be a toss-up between any of the games in the series, but I put down Dark Souls. 
really this could be either the first entry or the third entry. I think I enjoyed my time with the third entry the most, um, but I put the most time into the first one, and that's where I actually kind of learned the systems of Dark Souls. Um, okay. So, and yeah, I think I think I put a good like sixty hours into the first one in order to beat Phew. it. Um, yeah, it was it was huge, and probably a lot of that was well, obviously, it's a lot of that is dying, um, but grinding also in order to to get through certain things, and it, I mean. I've already used the word satisfying on a few games, <laughs> so I need to think up a different adjective. Um, but these games are... Somebody get this man a thesaurus. <laughs> exactly. Um, if only I had like a computer right in front of me that I could Google these things. Um, but, <laughs> but Dark Souls... It, I mean, you've heard it a hundred times before, right? It's, it's the challenge that teaches you how to play well that continually beats you down but makes you feel so awesome you know what you've done wrong most of the time maybe the first time you wander into a boss fight and you don't know what to do and you they just wipe the floor with you okay cool but you know if you continue to to learn and get better you're going to be able to overcome the obstacle that's in front of you and it it become to me that's very addicting um and it just i mean what can i say it's just a i think it's an absolutely fantastic game i think it's a great series in general um but i i had known a lot about the series before i started playing this game i mean i i played it because it was recommended by you know pretty much everyone i followed in video games and so i went into it kind of like I don't know if this is, you know, just kind of wary that it might have been overhyped. And I, I don't think it is at all. I, I do, you know, maybe maybe the difficulty might be a little bit overhyped. I don't think it is the most difficult game that you'll ever play. Um, it just teaches you through its difficulty. And, and, you know, there are always ways to kind of get around the most difficult parts of the game. Um, but you really feel like you've accomplished something when you when you finish the game. So, Dark Souls is my number six. It's definitely like like I said, it's it's up there for me as far as a priority to play. Um, like Neo was on my list, and obviously Neo sort of has a direct lineage. Yeah, well, a little bit of a sidestep, but it's like it's pretty much a game like Neo wouldn't exist aside from Dark Souls. So, yeah. Um, there's a reason a lot that that so many people really do love those games, yourself included. So <laughs> yeah, um, it's and it's it's not because you're all crazy, of course. You know, <laughs> Masochistic. Maybe, maybe 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 there's a little bit of self-loathing involved there. But I, I think like too like I, I mean I remember when uh, and and just to sort sort of for the listeners like one of the reasons i actually sought now we had talked about doing a podcast before this but one of the reasons i really sort of like doubled down and really pursued this was because when you went on and you were talking about um dark souls with logan on the trg podcast and you were sort of like talking about some of like the life lessons and stuff that you were like like sort of like like this helped you this game in a lot of ways helped you understand perseverance a little bit better and yeah. i was like i was like that's pretty smart I like, <laughs> I like that like you know but um i mean it's just it just 
further cemented things for me, but um, just I'm I'm saying. So you said something smart, Josh. That's why you know. <laughs> I, I, well, thank you. I was, I was I was trying to like give like pull the curtain back a little bit, and it just it got got weird and awkward. And I, <laughs> I I made it awkward. Yay. <laughs> well, I I no, am flattered. I appreciated like the sentiment and the thoughtfulness that. You know, um, anyways, well, you picked Dark Souls for number six. Mm-hmm. My number six is the Dark Souls of the Metroidvania. <laughs> um, nice. It's it's our it's our our beloved Hollow Knight. I mean, we already spent an entire episode talking about it with Logan. The the thing is like and and it, it, to to sort of I'll make this part quick. To quote Logan, in my opinion, this is... Well, I'm not going to quote him, but I'm sort of <laughs> paraphrasing. It, it's like, it's, this is as close as you can get to gaming perfection and as far as Metroidvanias go. It takes every lesson that we've learned about the genre and it just turns, it turns the intensity up to 11. Uh, I think it's difficult in the best kind of ways. I think the challenges are good. Um, and while you can't necessarily, like, you can sort of brute force your way through some stuff, like, it really just is a game that demands that you learn how to play it the way that it, it, it needs to be played. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, like, the, the fact that is too, is like, yes, like, there are some very, like, rage quitty kind of moments in the game, but there's also a lot of where you're just like, like, I don't think I... uh, just like I, the the ending was so satisfying, and it's like when, you know, and and again, that's I didn't do like the white palace or anything, but I'm just saying, <laughs> like, man, like that's, like that's legit. Um, so, uh, Hollow Knight, like I said, we've already sort of like hammered this thing into the ground, but <laughs> it's it's real good. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people need to play it, and there's a reason I'm strongly tempted to, to 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 double back and replay it you know again because it's yeah. real good yeah it it i'm looking at my list and i actually don't the, the amazing thing about hollow knight is it has been released within the past couple of years and it's an indie game um mm-hmm. i actually don't have any indie games on my list um except for that difficulty that i had deciding between symphony of the night and hollow knight um, that's that's pretty amazing to me that that we can both you know d- discuss this game as one of the best games of all time, least, or excuse me, one of our favorite games of all time when it is a an indie game you know that that can come out. I, I think that says something. It's well, I amazing. mean, I think I think we would say like you know I think it's fair to say that we do consider this to be one of the best games of all time. Yeah, like like I, I mean I know that I do. Hollow Knight really is a love letter to fans of the Metroidvania genre mm-hmm. in all the best ways. I mean, and it's just, and again, not going to rehash it, but the attention to detail in that game is just phenomenal. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff, man. All right. So for my number five, um, I went with a Super Nintendo platformer, Mega Man X. Mm. Um, this uh, this is one of those games like you were talking about how you only had a handful of games for NES that you would constantly replay 
Mega Man X was one for me, where we only had a hand. I mean, we got it early when we got a Super Nintendo. I'm always, you know, a generation or two behind, or at least I was when I was a kid. And so it was old by that time. Um, but I think we picked it up for like 10 bucks at a local gaming shop. And it... As we're getting higher on the list, I feel like I have less and less to say, except that these are just great games. Um, what what we talked about with Mega, or excuse me, with Super Mario Brothers three for NES and its simplicity, I feel like Mega Man X added to that. It gives you, um, y- you know, the the normal Mega Man trope of using multiple weapons, but you've got the L and R buttons to quickly go through those weapons. You've got a dash this time around. You can. Um, you know, charge your your shot, and you can even unlock. You can unlock a stinking Hadoken if you know what you're doing. Um, yeah, even though, <laughs> even though it's I stupid, forgot about that, man. It's stupid OP, but it's also kind of difficult. It's difficult to get, and it's a little difficult to to pull off. And you have to have full life. Um, but I remember taking down the first form of the final boss with a Hadoken, and it felt awesome. good and funny. Um, that you could do that because and the Hadoken in that awesome. game is just a one-hit kill. It's it's stupid overpowered. Um, but th- yeah, this mm. is one that I have beaten countless times. I could probably sit down and beat it in an hour or two, you know, mm. start to finish. Um, I know that it's considered to be fairly difficult, but it is one that I've just pretty much memorized, and so I don't find yeah. it to be particularly challenging. Um, especially when I've after going back and playing like the original Mega Man series, which are all fantastic games, I understand why they're high on other people's lists. But this one beats it out for me. Maybe it's nostalgia, but um, this is another game, and I don't remember who made the video. But this is another game. This is another game where, like the original Super Mario Brothers, how it teaches you through the very first level how to play the game. Um, the very opening of Mega Man X teaches you what to expect and how to beat the rest of the game, even up to the point where there is a boss that you fight that you actually cannot beat. Um, but it even teaches you that you know there are going to be bosses later on. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to cling onto walls and do a little wall jump in order to get out of certain parts of the level and things like that. Um, it it is. It's one of my favorites, and it's my number five. That introductory level is so good, too. Oh, and I can't believe I didn't say it. The music is so mm. good. The mm. the fake synthesized electric guitar. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I Storm think, Eagle I stage. Think we need Classic. to find it at, at some point in time, because it's been a long time since I played that. We need to, I'll need to, I need to roll that out, and I don't know if I ever beat it. Oh wow! Oh, it's it's got a good ending sequence to it for hmm. sure. I think if I would have beaten it, I would have remembered. So um, I'll have to like I I need to make it a point to pull that out at some point. Time. Yeah, hmm. that's a good one, dude. <laughs> well, thank <sighs> you. I dig it. What's your number five? So um, I don't often talk about this but like i was a bit of like in, in many many ways um up until recently i'd say within the last like four or five years i would have called myself a legend of zelda fanboy 
mm-hmm. I loved all of them. Um, like, you know, we've talked a little bit. Like, I never really play Legend of Zelda 2. I still need to go back and beat it because, you know, everybody else <laughs> on that podcast was like, no, this is really good. And I'm like, but it's hard. Yeah. It's got Pilgrim <laughs> moment. But it's hard. <laughs> it's so hard. You know, um, <laughs> kind of mo- Um, But, uh, you know, and I wrestled with this one for a little bit. Um, but because I have two favorite Legend of Zelda games, and uh, one is Majora's Mask, which I know is sort of like it's an outlier for a lot of people. And I mm. think this is sort of the reason, like, that I don't necessarily call myself a Legend of Zelda fanboy or whatever. Um, I know that a lot of people really don't like Majora's Mask, they feel like it pushes too hard against. Um, well, before we started recording, we were talking about Final Fantasy VIII a little bit, um, and like I just I made the comment that I think like there are a lot of really good ideas in Final Fantasy VIII, but the story is yeah. atrocious, and the stuff that they were trying was like too much too soon. It was like too before its time, and I know that a lot of people feel that way about Majora's Mask, right? That it just like yeah. it's like too much too soon. I think it's like just weird, and it's super different. But it just, it's, it, and I have a funny story about that, that maybe some other time I'll bring up. Short version is, (laughs) I had that game, I had every mask in the game except for the very last one, the, the, the chief mask or whatever. I was getting ready to beat the game, I was sort of burning out on it, and a friend of mine asked if he could borrow it. I think that game only had two save slots. So I let my buddy borrow it. He started a file, and then his brother started a file, and his brother (laughs) saved over my my save. And I was devastated, and I have not been able to go back to it. (laughs) Um, But um, the one that that wins out for me, though, as far as my fairies go, is Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Um, Mm -hmm. In part, and I'll be honest, I don't remember how I reacted to the the cell style animation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think I was nearly as outraged as some people were. Like, I think I was probably at a point where I was like, "Oh man, like it would have been really cool if they would have done like a, another realistic one." But I think the more I played it, the more and dude, like I'll be honest, like one of the reasons that I love that game is I think that Toon Link is absolutely charming. And Toon Link takes me back to that time, the very first time where I played Legend of Zelda. Like, this is sort of okay. like, in some, it's like, this is, if for me, it's like, it's sort of like, this is the, the, the cartoon. This is what I imagined I was playing. Like, this is sort of like, in your head as a kid, this is like what you want the game to look like. And so it like, sort of takes me back. I think the other thing, dude, is like, you know the fact that like you get the boat and like i know for some people they didn't really like the sailing but i Mm -hmm. you know and again maybe it's just i'm a weirdo but i think like there's sort of like a peacefulness and like a sort of a quiet to quiet and a solitude that you can sort of find in that game yeah that i i really enjoy because it's 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 like it's almost eerie Sometimes, like, when you're just out, like, in the middle of the ocean, and you're just sort of, like, floating around, and there's nothing around out there, and it's just, like, you know, especially if you don't, like, pull up your map, or your map's not filled out, or whatever, it's like, man, like, 
and it's spooky, but like in in a really kind of like not. I don't know. I, I just think like yeah. there's so many things about that game. Uh, like like I said, I'm I'm head over heels with the art style in that game. Uh, now I think Toon Link is like Toon Link is the best Link. Um, <laughs> but you know, and like I said, a lot of that has to do with it. It sort of like recaptures some like nostalgia. It sort of like rubs at those nostalgia buttons. But I I, I just think like the the you know it's it's a Legend of Zelda game. But it's it's d- different than the other ones too, and I I just love yeah. like the sort of like getting in the boat and sailing to new islands and fighting pirates, and I was just like, man, like there was something about like that that captured that sort of same ethos, that exploration. That yes, it wasn't like in caves or, or dungeons as much as it was like, but I was like, man, like like I said, it's my favorite Legend of Zelda game, and yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. I, the, it came at a time for me when I was not paying attention to video games at all. Mm. And so I did not originally play it on the GameCube. I had a good friend who was way into video games and he loved it. I was not following how people basically hated it. You know, all the backlash that mm. Nintendo got for it. Um, I had only known it as a positive thing, but I never played it on GameCube. I only recently say recently within the past i don't know five years um played it uh, the dx version on wii or excuse me wii u Wii U, um, yeah. and and i loved it i mean i i think it's my i think i can say it's my favorite 3d zelda um so that that it actually the wind waker dx made it onto my honorable mentions list um okay but it did not make it onto my top 10 but what did make it onto my top 10 uh, at number four, funny you brought up Wind Waker, was Breath of the Wild. Um, yeah. And I, yep, yeah. I know. I know, but it's my <laughs> list. It's your and list. And I can be wrong. Um, at Ow. least that's what, you, that's what you said earlier. <laughs> um, until Deep Breath of the Wild comes out, um, mm. which, listeners, you have to go listen to um, the Reformed Gamers podcast that we guested on if you don't get that reference. Um, uh, yeah, Breath of the Wild. Um, this just came at a time. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's a lot. There's a lot here. Okay. So I maybe it's that I haven't played very many games like this. Big open world adventures. Um, I understand it's not a perfect game. That's okay. Um, but the sense of exploration that there's something new behind every crevice in this game there's always something to to figure out um even if you know you have to be somewhere on a map um on the way there you take you know six different routes because there's things going on you see an enemy off in the distance or you see an animal over here or you um you see where you know you need to do a little korok thing or, or there's just so much going on the world feels alive and um the sense I, I have never experienced a game like this where the sense of exploration is so um, primary, and so that's that's the first thing. I mean, y- yes, you can bring up issues that you have with the game about weapons breaking, about the temples not being big enough, about things <laughs> like that, which are valid um, valid criticisms of the game. I'm not even putting that down. But what the game does really well 
it just knocks out of the park for me. And I think with this one, I know I put in at least 60 hours in order to beat the game. Mm. Um, and I still feel like there's so much of the game that I didn't fully explore. Um, this also came, I believe I was playing this game when my daughter was just born. And so this came, I was playing it over the break that I had, like the, you know, paternity leave that I had. And just the being able to explore the world and like have a bunch of time to kind of explore this big open world where stuff at home at the same time was also really awesome. It was like starting a new chapter of my life as well. It all it all coalesced into just some great memories that I have with the game and, I don't know, just a period of life in general. So, um, I know you don't have anything to say about that, but my number four is mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild. Um, good. I mean, I, I figured it was going to make it in here at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I like I said, I don't have... I haven't beaten it yet, so maybe I should just shut my mouth. Uh, but <laughs> I just... I don't know. Maybe it's just like I'm, I do tend to sort of be contrarian, but I just don't... I think like the, the fact that I think a lot of people are just up Nintendo's rear end over this game mm-hmm. just sort of makes me like... Eh on it but um at some point in time i will finish it and then i can have a discussion a civil discussion about it <laughs> um I, I mean like listen i i'm i'm only being semi-facetious when i say like i really do feel like that game would have been made better with a hook shot mm-hmm. and i i i also think like the weapons breaking is trash i think it's a cheap attempt to sort of increase the difficulty but Mm -hmm. i this is not the time or place neither the time nor the place for me to i'm sorry no no that's that's fine that's fine so now my number four is actually something we've already we both played and we uh we actually did a podcast uh, uh, an episode on nice Um, it's Dead Space. Um, All right. And I don't need to say, like, I think, like, you know, in the in the podcast, like, the episode that, like, I, I think, like, the short version is, I think that game is a master's class in building tension and suspense and sound design. And I will, go, like, I mean, there's a reason that I have played through that game six, seven, eight times, however many times it has been. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I'm just throwing it out there. Like if if that if Dead Space didn't make it onto my list, like I, I feel like I would have been false. So I do like if you want to hear what we have to say and what I have to say about Dead Space, um, in particular, go back listen to the episode because there's like two hours of of, of us talking yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. You know the whole brevity thing comes into comes into play. Yeah. So we're good at being bad at it <laughs> yeah man awesome all right we're getting there top three mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and this i don't know i've talked about this game before on the podcast um but again it surprised me how high on the list it is all three of my last games are super nintendo games sorry nostalgia i don't mm-hmm. know i just think they're fantastic games um yoshi's island is number three for me. Nice. Um, 
I just, I love, again, I, I keep going back to this, the art style and the music and the way, the platforming in this is much more um, intentional, if that makes sense. There is a bit of backtracking in order to get to the secrets. Um, this one, again, is not a very difficult game if you just play it straight, but there are optional levels that are much more difficult. Um, it, it it does something different throughout the game, um, th just in that you're not... It's sort of like a Mario game where, you know, you're kind of just running around, but then you can create these eggs and throw these eggs and you use the eggs in order to, to open up and unlock different things throughout the levels. And it requires you to collect certain items, but also have, uh, in order to 100% the levels and unlock new things, um, you need to have full life in order to do it. So there, this game works on a lot of different levels. Um, it's as difficult as you want it to be. Uh, there's enough here. If you really want to pursue it, it's almost sort of like a Kirby game, right? Where it's easy on the face of it, but then there's kind of a, a depth to it if you really want to look for it. But I think more so with Yoshi's Island. Um, and it, it feels so good. The running around, the weight to your character, what you can do... It, it all works together so well. There are some classic moments for me, like touch fuzzy, get dizzy is something that will always be lodged in my brain. Um, and the music, I will randomly get the music, even just talking about the game, I've got some music stuck in my head right now um, because it's so charming. And I, I just absolutely adore this game and I don't think it's ever been topped even with uh, the woolly world is a great game as well crafted world just came out recently um and they are at least woolly world from what i've played definitely it's in the same vein as yoshi's island um but it won't it it, it doesn't it doesn't reach the highs of yoshi's island for me maybe it's the art style maybe it's the music i don't know but yoshi's island is my favorite platformer of all time. I just love this game. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I haven't played it, so I have nothing to contribute there. I just know it is sort of one of those games that when people talk about platformers, it comes up often. So at some point in time, when I finally do get the itch to come back, like, I think that's the thing is like platformers just were like outside of Mario three, which mm -hmm. we already sort of like, I never really, I, they were okay, but I just wanted to play other okay. stuff. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Like it was nice. like, like it, you know, like I played the the Mega Man's and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Gotcha, um, gotcha. Oh, the one thing that I did want—I forgot to say—is that I know a lot of people when they talk about Yoshi's Island, they absolutely hate the screaming baby sound when you get hit, and Mario's like floating away on a bubble. It never really annoyed me. It just sounded like a bit. Maybe it's because I have four brothers and sisters, but nah, I don't know. Not a big deal to me. Didn't didn't phase you. Yeah, and also the the re-release where they add like the weird noises that Yoshi's make that Yoshi makes totally annoys me. The original is the best version. Sorry, I'm a snob, but yeah. my two cents. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's our podcast, and you're allowed. You know, we. 
we call the shots. There we go. Um, okay, so we already talked about my number three. So That's I'm right. just going to skip ahead to my number two. This is also a game that we have done an episode on. <laughs> and I really wrestled with this one. Not only the placement, but... Okay. Um, Chrono Trigger is number two. And mm. the re- one of the other things I wrestled with is because Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI are sort of like constantly neck and neck with me. Yep. And so I just sort of slotted them both in there, but I'm only going to talk about Chrono Trigger because if somebody, like, if push comes to shove and somebody's like, pick one, I'm going to pick Chrono Trigger. And, um, y- you know that's just all there is to it for me so it's like Mm -hmm. i love that game i love the sprite work i love the music i love i love the fact that you can sit down and in the space of a week well two weeks with like a couple hours a night you can beat that game Mm -hmm. like you know i I love it i i just i feel like it's like it's sort of like a favorite book i just love coming back to it um so yeah and you know, if you want to hear our thoughts on Chrono Trigger, uh, we had we did the episode with our buddy John, and you know, yeah, we talked about Chrono Trigger for like three and a half hours. <laughs> well, yeah, so that that tells me also what your number one is, um, and I thought they were going to be flipped, so that is a surprise to me. But that's that's mm. awesome. No, I'm I'm glad. Um, Chrono Trigger is my number one. Uh, I, I just, okay. it, well, you know what? I'll just, I'll go into it from here is it, I'm, I'll just reveal number one is Chrono Trigger. Number two is Final Fantasy six. Mm. Um, they, like you said, they are neck and neck for me. Really? It, it, it could change tomorrow. Um, but because I recently played through Chrono Trigger and, and took another kind of critical look at it. The only thing I think that pushes Chrono Trigger over for me right now is that it is such a tight experience and it trims the fat where Final Fantasy VI can be a, bl- a bit more bloated. Uh, mm. Which, I mean, it's, it's not even a bad thing. Like, you can just put more time into Final Fantasy VI. Um, it has more characters. So it, it tells a... I mean, they both tell really good stories, but with Chrono Trigger, it just feels like they got rid of anything that was not absolutely essential, um, except for the added DS stuff, but that's on the DS version. Uh, <laughs> the original experience um, is is just such a uh, such a well-made game that that it takes the number one spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um really it's it's difficult to even it's it's not difficult to compare these games but it's difficult to say who wins because in terms of music i mean they're both fantastic soundtracks it's mitsuda for uh chrono trigger right i think it's isn't it mitsuda mm-hmm. yoshinori mitsuda and um for final fantasy 6 it's uimatsu um they're both so good um when it comes to characters you know, I think Final Fantasy VI might win out because it touches on darker themes. It's it's more kind of ambiguous with some of the characters that are not all good or all bad. 
Um, well, and Chrono is basically a silent protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. Y- you know, whereas Final Fantasy, like, you are not playing from... Like, yes, you, you sort of... At different points, you follow certain characters' story arcs a little closer or whatever. Yeah. But there's you're not tied to one character. And for the bulk of Chrono Trigger, you are tied to Chrono. Right. Like he is. So... Yeah, and then Anyways. they take that step and kill him off. So, um, which is which is a huge shock. And then you can choose to bring him back if you want to. Yeah, um, the ending I think to Final Fantasy VI is amazing. Um, the way that it wraps up a lot of the stories, I think it is a slightly more subtle game in the way that it kind of uh, talks about its themes. Although, the, honestly, Final Fantasy VI is more of a memory to me because I haven't played it in a really long time, mm. and I need to remedy that. Um, but anyways, in, in talking about the comparisons, uh, so music, art style, I mean, Akira Toriyama is fantastic. I love um, Yoshitaka Amano. I have a lot of... I have one of his huge art books. Well, a couple of his art books, actually. Dude, let's just... I mean, like, you know, and it's... You can't really even compare the two. Yeah, you, you really they're you so really different can't because they're so different. Um, Amano's style, like, is that weird, like, fashion drawing, like, sort of thing. Yeah, it's very wispy. Yeah, and it's like mm-hmm. it's very watercolory pastels yeah. with splashes of bright color. And he's got like, I mean, like, I'll be honest, I mm-hmm. want to see SquareSoft make that game i want uh-huh. to see them make final fantasy 6 using sprites like you could do it in flash you could do it in flash people right where you're using that artwork for the sprites and use all his artwork and you you know have him just do all the art assets for the entire game and it just 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 remake the game dang like you know use the same engine or you know the the same like combat and everything else but like then do it like in that 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 beautiful wispy like punchy like i, I don't have or like watercolory mm-hmm. sort of like thing that he does and just i would i would i would go nuts over that game like i would lose my mind i would throw money at that so fast like my head would spin and put that in the octopath traveler engine mm. oh like just oh. like yeah head explode <laughs> head explode. so good so, so good. my number one josh mm-hmm. w- what's my number one then man your number one is shadow of the colossus it is it is and it was like it was hard for me to like think through this man because um, but I think like, I just have to come back to it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell, like, cause I know a lot of, like, it's not it, to me, it is a perfect game. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that game, but I also understand that like, not everybody sees things the same way that I do, but mm-hmm. I'm like, that game is so ridiculously like on point for me, um, that it is just, it is I think I owe so much of like my identity as a gamer, you know, and I don't, mm-hmm. but like all, my gaming tastes were so radically altered by my experience with that game. 
that I mean like the 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 critical eye that I have for like this sort of like like the, like there's no bloat there's no fat in that game it's just like mm-hmm. it's a very trimmed down experience and I just I love I mean like going back into the um the recent remake like it was mm-hmm. I was it was beautiful and I, I just like like if okay so I recently did like the VR thing my buddy when Parker brought his VR headset and I did the last Guardian VR experience I'm telling you like they're like number one thing I want to see VR do is let me see a Colossus like in scale like just let me sort of experience that in scale to a certain point like like you know and I just think there's like there's so many games that we play today that oh like you know you brought oh, yeah. breath of the wild and i like i think part of the thing that makes me angry about breath of the wild is like they could have if they would have just like taken a few more pages out of shadow of the colossus's book i'm like you could have made something really special and mm-hmm. you you chickened out you <laughs> cowards um you know and uh but um I just, as far as like music goes, like the just like the the minimalist sort of design, the way that so much of that narrative is communicated without any sort of like intelligible speech. Really, I yeah. mean, yes, there's the, the the communicating with Dorman and everything, but like really, the reality is like that story is told mostly without any words. It's it's just or you know not. Mostly, and again, Dorman talks, but it's like there's so much of that story is just told through playing the game, yeah, and experiencing the game. And I just, I mean, uh, there's there's a subtlety and a beauty and a grace to that game that I just, I think, you know, yes, it's really hard for like Shadow of the Colossus to stand toe to toe with a lot of games today. Because it is yeah. very, basically, people have already played and experienced Shadow, and they're learning the lessons, and they're stealing the, you know, stealing, but they're 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 co-opting the elements that suit them and work for them, and they've learned the lessons that Shadow taught. And it for me, it's like it doesn't make those other games bad, but it's like for it's just it makes it really hard for me to not want to just go back to shadow yeah but i don't know yeah. like it's i think it's such like a, a weird outlier of a game too that there's it doesn't really have anything comparable you know? yeah yeah that's true and well i think also i mean you're not alone in in absolutely adoring the game um i i think it is definitely one of those games that made a lot of people kind of sit up and pay attention. Um, you know, in, in the episode that we did about it, um, we also mentioned how it was really a huge step forward in just the conversation about games as art because of its subtlety and because of just some of the, the things that it touches on without even being explicit about it. I guess 
that's just a longer definition of subtlety, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, I, I, it makes sense why that's your number one. So I just, you know, I mean, I just love that world. I love mm-hmm. existing in it. And I, like I said, there's just, there's a sense of wonder every time I go there that just sort of like, Maybe and maybe like you know, sort of even like uh, you know, when I was talking about Legends of Zelda: Wind Waker, like some of my favorite moments are just getting lost in the sea, mm-hmm. and like there's there's a way that you can like there like I just like love wandering through that world and like sort of like I don't know, man, there is just it's a, it's a quiet place, and so I like that. Yeah, but but yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that should be a surprise to anybody. Though. That was like my number one. I mean, it was it was tough. I mean, it it was tough. You know, uh, I do. I have a couple honorable mentions I want to spit out um, mm-hmm. real quick that I just feel like um, Borderlands Two almost made the list. Okay, um, I really like the Borderlands games, and Borderlands Two is by far sort of like the best example. There's new DLC to sort of prepare the way for Borderlands 3 that just came out within the last like day or two. Oh, yeah. So, um, and it was free. So I snatched that right up. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. I will take that for free 99. Um, <laughs> but uh, Diablo 3 made it onto my honorable mentions. Uh-huh. I I really like any, all three of the Diablo games, period. Like, I just love. Mm-hmm. I think they're all just very good. Um, so, uh, but Diablo three, it's just sort of like it's got the most polish. It it sort of learned. It had a rocky start, but I think it's just the best. Uh, you know, and it, like it's just. There's a reason I want to buy it on my Nintendo Switch and play it again. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, Valkyrie Profile. It's an old PlayStation One game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. It is, it's just a game that I, I sort of secretly or not so secretly long for them to just re-release it um, in some way, it, it, in a manner that I can play it. Like, mm-hmm. I want it to show up on, like, the PSN store or something. Or, like, I just, that game just, it, it's one of the few games that I play that just sort of, I hundreds of hours spent in that that game and then uh a couple just a couple more here uh eternal darkness for the gamecube oh wow uh, was really sort of like my foray into sort of the horror survival genre stuff like that was that was like i was thinking about it and it's like you know i sort of give credit to resident evil for dead space for that but i think it it started even back with um dennis dyak's weird little Lovecraftian love letter thing. And I, mm-hmm. I, I really miss that game. Like I, I would kill for again, it's just something I'm like, Nintendo, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like give me a way to play this. Um, and then I think the last one that just sort of, and, and this is, uh, and it, well, there's two because Radiata stories, um, was very similar. It was developed by the okay. same team that did Valkyrie Profile. It's sort of in some oh. ways very similar, um, and in other ways completely different. 
Um, but it was just it was a weird PlayStation Two game that I really liked, and I'd I'd love to huh. see a re a, a re release. But uh, Skies of Arcadia for the Dreamcast ah. slash GameCube. Um, it's just one of those games again that I just sort of like. I hope that someday somebody gets the rights to this and re releases it, um, or remasters it or something, because like that's a game that I just had a ridiculous amount of fun with. And I just think like it, it tells a fun, lighthearted story. And it's just, but you know, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that I could keep throwing at here, but like, yeah. that's just some of like, you know, stuff that I was like toying around with. And I was like, well, it doesn't quite cut it. I mean, Valkyrie profile yeah. was a last minute. Like I sort of pulled that last minute. And, uh, okay. cause I was like, I was like as much as like, the the reason it's not on my top ten is because there's just no way for me to play it, really. Yeah, yeah, so. that's yeah, that's the difficulty, for sure. Um, well, I have I have four of which that were fighting really hard to be in my top ten. Two of which I've already mentioned were Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean that. That's game, a good call. That's an excellent call. That's a. That's a hard one to cut out, man. It 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 really was. It was that and Octopath that were that were right mm. there. Um, because the story in that one is so good. Um and I mean, yeah, just the game in general. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I really like the art style, even though everyone looks weird. I like it. Um but it's anyways. like that's that's sort of chibi ish Yeah. Weird, yeah, sprites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and and everything else. Like everything that wasn't human, I thought looked fantastic. Humans just look weird, but I like it. Anyways, yeah. Um, so yeah, tactics, and then Hollow Knight was another one that, you know, and I mentioned it. How it's basically sort of there with Symphony of the Night, but it was Symphony just inched out. Um, the yeah. other two, and this is kind of this kind of weird. Um, the Super Nintendo game, Kirby Superstar, I flippin' love that game. It's like eight different games in one, but they're all like short Kirby experiences. Okay. And this was one of the first games that like it was the weirdest thing. I remember when we first bought it. I say we because I come from a large family, so when you buy a video game, everyone kind of, you know, everyone buys the, the TV. Game. Yeah. 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 And um I remember playing it with my brothers and just being like like being done playing it because parents said you had to turn it off and just being like just really wanting to get back to it just the whole aesthetic of the the uh, well you mentioned chibi aesthetic um but just the very cartoony like slapstick high energy way that this game plays um really just like got in my veins and it's been one of my favorites ever since um kirby superstar and then Link's Awakening is another one that I had a really oh. hard time not putting on the list um, because it it was my first Zelda game. Um, I realized that it is very different than other Zelda games, but it is very special. It does so many wacky, weird things that I love that I think are just awesome that they could do that. It pulls so many different weird characters from other weird Nintendo games. Um, mm-hmm. And I tweeted about this, but I didn't realize that uh, Shigeru Miyamoto had almost no input in the game at all, which is kind of insane for a mainline Zelda title. 
it, but, I mean, that does explain so much about that yeah. game, though. Yeah, right. The random, like, Goombas and Wart yeah. from, from Mario 2 and, uh, what's his name, Will Wright from SimCity. SimCity, yeah. Just, like, weird. Who's in love with, what is it, like, a elephant or a kangaroo or something? I thought it was that a That he hippo. doesn't know? Yeah, yeah, maybe that's it. But she sends him a picture of Princess Peach. So it's, like, this whole, like... I don't know, weird character crossover, just wacky stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, you I know, when that comes, love that when that remake comes out, I think we, we need to <laughs> check our finances, our hashtag finances and oh. add to our hashtag backlogs. And then we need to just like carve out maybe a few episodes, like just carve out a couple months and just say, mm-hmm. this is what we will play. Like we, we will invite people to idea. play it with us. Um, I'm sure I think Wes would probably be super into that because I think yeah. that's one of his favorites too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So but. encourage everyone to buy a new game and play it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, so, sometimes uh, it's good to vote with your wallet, especially when it's quality. <gasps> that's a really good point. I like it. And I'm sure we'll see more. Well, by the time this is released, we'll probably already have seen more um, from mm. Nintendo at E3 mm. And talking about it, so those were the top four ones that were really fighting for um, for inclusion on my top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, other honorable mentions, I'll try and go really quickly through this list. Uh, Kirby's Epic Yarns, Kirby's Epic Yarn is one of my favorite games of all time because I played through it with my wife, and I just have some great memories with that game. Yeah. Ogre Battle sixty four. I know it's okay. a weird outlier, but it was it, it's a really good. Um, Nintendo 64 game similar to Final Fantasy Tactics um, but it does some some different things um, you spend a lot of time kind of in menus kind of equipping your character but uh, really good story uh, Wind Waker DX as we talked about already Mario Kart 8 I think is just a fantastic game in general it's the first Mario Kart that I like got through almost all the stuff that was in the game before they started adding to it um, Super Bomberman 2 for Super Nintendo as has a special place in my heart because I played that a lot of multiplayer Bomberman when I was a kid and the multiplayer Bomberman is fantastic. If you've never played multiplayer Bomberman local couch co-op, you're missing out. With the 64, wait, just to make sure I zoned out mm-hmm. for a second. I, I apologize. It's getting it's late. Like, and, yeah, uh, it is. <laughs> but this, you said the 64 version? No, on Super Nintendo, Super Bomberman okay. 2. I'm trying to... I can't remember which one. I used to play one with a, uh, a few buddies of mine. Mm-hmm. It's been years. That, that, that was really good, that that version. I wish I knew which it's... one it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. su- but Super Bomberman 2. Yeah. Yeah, I know there were a million of them in Japan, but I think only the first two came to America on Super Nintendo. Um. Mm. 64 was really good. I played that a lot with friends too, but it's just different. Bomberman, the the grid version is is simpler, uh, mm. easier to keep track of, I feel like. Um, Bubble Bobble on NES, absolutely mm. love it. Played through it a number of times. Um, great co-op game. And then um, from the Shin Megami Tensei series, Shin Megami Tensei 4 is my favorite of the mainline series. I think it's a great game. It's my entry into the series and I think it is it does really well if you want to get into Shin Megami Tensei games, the mainline, um, mm-hmm. kind of darker stories. And then Persona 3, Fess, 
um, is mm. is my favorite of the Persona I need, spinoffs. I need to play that. I need the that's that's up there. Like it's I, the the nice thing about the Persona, Persona series, like uh, Persona Four Golden, almost made it onto my list because mm-hmm. um, that's I the the Vita version of that game is phenomenal. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, I've heard nothing but good things about Three Fests. Uh, yeah, I I like three more than four, um, but I understand four does a lot of quality of life improvements to the game, so I it may be difficult to go back to three. So if well, you've played a, the, four, there's also the whole like don't don't the kids use like guns to yep. to end? Yep, yeah that yep. that I I remember somebody was telling me about they're like no these kids basically shoot themselves. <laughs> Mm-hmm. To, to some of their i was like oh oh <laughs> yep the guns are called evokers but they're literally putting pressing these guns to their heads and pulling the trigger and it looks like like their body moves as if they've been shot and the persona comes out of them so yeah it's it, so weird the, man. the imagery it is <laughs> it is weird because it's never really explained like why they do it that way but um, but just, death is a prominent theme throughout the game. Yes. And that's actually why I like it more than four is it felt much more serious and the mm-hmm. stakes were higher. And um, I mean, I liked the cast more in general, but um, I, I just tend to gravitate towards more of those themes, which is funny from the guy who, you know, talked about Mario three and Yoshi's Island and, you know, and games Kirby. like that. Yes, yeah, and Kirby games. Um, but, yeah, it's all in balance, man. All in balance, yeah. bro. There you go. So, uh, th- yeah, the other ones on my list were just... I think we've spent enough time uh, going through our list, so so that was... I've got some bottom-tier honorable mentions, but we don't have to go into those. Maybe we can save some of our honorable mentions for bite-sized editions or something. That's a good idea. That's a really good idea. I like it. All right, so that is our top 10 games, favorite games of all time. And then some. And then some, yeah, just another handful. Um, Because we like breaking down the benefits of our gaming heritage and the things that we've gotten into. But, of course, if there are games, which I'm sure there are games that we missed, games that you love, games that you want us to talk about, you can reach out to us. Um, one of the best ways is on Twitter. Our handle is at BBDownCast, where we're tweeting out fairly regularly, if I do say so myself. Um, of course, you can message us just through email. Our email address is thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com. And come join the face group if you're not a part of the group already, where we talk about all kinds of stuff like the hashtag BacklogBusters through the Mother series. Um, mm-hmm. Till the end of this month, our hashtag backlog golf, where we're logging all the games that we've beaten this year and uh, knocking them out. It's been great. And uh, other other campaigns and things like you, you talked about how we're um, going through the Valley of Vision together. Um, all that on our Facebook group, the hashtag backlog book club. If you want to make through it, the institutes. Yes, that's right. The institutes so, all as sorts well. Of things. Yeah. Yeah, fun but stuff. Anyways. Come join us. If you want to get a little bit more personal, um, I'm sure you can find us You know, on PSN. Uh, the, well, you can't really find our switch codes, but you can ask us for our switch codes. 
on Twitter, Facebook, GG, stuff like that. I usually go by Broccolope. That's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E. And Nate goes by... Nate underscore McKeever, because I am a super old and boring man. (laughs) Or I'm super on brand. You take your pick. There you go. I mean, based on our lists, I probably look a lot more old and boring with more Super Nintendo and keeping it in the realm of RPGs and platformers. Nah, I, I think... I mean, like... I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm looking at this. I think, like, I have some newer games on here, mm-hmm. but it's mostly because they make me feel... It's it's a bit, they 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 sort of appeal to the old man and <laughs> like the good old days sort of yeah. thing. So gotcha. Um, I, th- I I don't have anything else, man. I think it's time to go. All right. Well, the like we said at the start of the podcast, um, you know, it's been a year of ups and downs. Not really. I mm. think I think we're mostly getting more used to this. Yes, definitely a year of ups is really what it. I should have said. Um, and we'll keep on trucking on. Uh, we've got tons of stuff to talk about. There are always you know, other benefits that we would like to break down if you will join mm. us. So um, if, if you know of anyone else who would like to join us, you know, share the podcast, um, let us know. And uh, till next yeah. time, I guess we'll keep beating down our backlogs. No, that's not it. I messed it up they need to. They need to break down... Uh, <laughs> oh man, I'm falling apart. Wah wah wah. Just like Nate just you know, it's like the Thanos snap and I'm just like I'm watching like my brain cells just drift out my ear. They should keep beating down their backlogs and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. I think that's what you meant to say, John. That's exactly what I meant to say. <laughs> so till next time, guys. We'll catch you later. Bye-bye.